Good morning, Two Rivers Church. How's everybody doing today? Pastor Andrew from Corning, New York, here to preach the word on a Pentecost Sunday. Let's give it up. Come on, let's give it up for everybody tuning in online. Everybody tuning in from Corning. Big shout out to Corning. Shout out to my wife, me, and my son, Riley, and the Corning crew holding it down. I had to throw that in there. I love my Corning crew uh, in Cortland and then also Binghamton, New York. Let's give it up for all those folks tuning in today. Um, Pentecost Sunday. So we're in a series right now called What's Next? And uh, I feel like every single person here, anybody tuning in online, we're all on a spiritual journey. I feel like God has a step for us. And it doesn't matter if you're a new believer in Christ or considering to be a believer in Christ or you've been in the faith for 20, 30 years. Uh, God has plans for your life. There's always something that you can, I know I, there's a lot of things I can improve on, but uh, there's always a step to take and I feel like we're all on this spiritual journey. And uh, man, God is doing some great things in your lives. I'm seeing people grow uh, step by step every single week. Uh, people that I know, their, their, their backstory, their history and what they've been through and what God has done in their life now. It's amazing. And it wasn't just like, oh, all of a sudden there's just this amazing leap. You know, it was like step by step. You'll notice, and you'll look back at this Sunday. A year from now, it's going to come up on your Facebook timeline, and you'll be like, wow, I've grown so much in this past year. And it was one day at a time, one step at a time. So uh, there's always a next step. Um, Proverbs 29, 18, it says, where there is no vision, people perish. Um, uh, and that's what we like to see, help you to see the next step. A lot of times, uh, we, we want the whole picture. We want everything all up front, and, and God wants to uh, be the light into our path, right? His word will be the light into our path that we can walk step by step towards Christ. And, and today is going to be an awesome day. Uh, so what's next? And I'm going to be talking about a, a step today that I feel like a lot of Christians, especially in America, uh, don't take this step. And uh, well, if you didn't know what today is, today is Pentecost Sunday. Uh, this is the uh, celebratory moment of when the Holy Spirit was poured upon all flesh. And um, this is actually coming off of an Old Testament prophecy. And I'm going to talk about today and how to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, we, we just seen water baptisms this morning. Jordan just got water baptized. Let's give it up for Jordan and Corning. Just went public with their faith. So that's water baptism. I'm going to talk about something different today. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this is an Old Testament prophecy 800 years before Christ. Uh, in Joel chapter 2, verse 28 through 29, it says, Afterward, I will pour up my spirit upon all people. Your sons, your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit upon those in those days. And then we, we fast forward to the book of Acts. The, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, Christ uh, was about to send into heaven, and he, he left us with uh, these words here I'm going to talk about in a minute, but let me just talk about those dreams and visions. Um, I wouldn't be in Corning, New York right now if my wife didn't have a dream. I had intentions of planting a second Two Rivers Church in Binghamton. Uh, we were looking into getting the Vestal Hills Country Club, and uh, that actually fell through. My wife had a dream. She said, Andrew, we're, in, we're, we're heading in a certain direction, but a whirlwind came, picked, up, picked us up, and moved us west. And then the wind is spelled out west. I know this sounds crazy, right? Like, okay, dreams, what are you talking about here, pastor? Well, I'm on my way to work that morning. You know, she's telling me this dream, and I'm like, you know, half awake. I'm like, okay. 
And on the highway, it used to say Elmira West. Now it says Corning West. And I get to the office, and Pastor Will was like, hey, the Vestal Hills Country Club fell through. Have you considered Corning? So that was like multiple chain reactions of confirmation, and God has called us out into Corning, New York, and we're seeing lives changed out there. We're seeing things that are just, man, we had to be there. Like if these things didn't happen, like, man, God is putting things together in a supernatural way, and he uses dreams. He uses dreams. Uh, but <clears throat> going to Acts uh, chapter 1, and this is, if you have your notes, um, uh, we're, we're going to take some notes on the back of your uh, welcome card, welcome packet, and uh, the first point would be receive power. Uh, how many here would love to re- receive some power today, right? Some power. Um, you don't have to do anything but receive this kind of power, and I feel like America is craving for power uh, I feel like the church, I think the church should be a powerful church. I I think every single believer should be a powerful believer. I'm going to get into a lot of that here in a few minutes. But I feel like we should move in power, that that Jesus uh, sent the Holy Spirit upon us, that we will receive power, and we're going to see miracles. I'm going to get into that in a bit. But uh, uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 5, and this is, or verse 4. This is Jesus' final instructions before he ascended into heaven. Like, I think if I was on my deathbed or I was about to go away for a while, uh, what I was about to say is really important. And this is going to change your life. The scripture right here, he says, On one occasion, while they're eating with him, he gave this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my Father, I promise to you. You have heard me speak about it. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Skipping to, uh, and that's a very distinction between water baptism and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Another portion in Scripture says, be baptized in the Holy Spirit with fire. Uh, Verse 8 says, you'll receive power. Let's let's all hear it. Come on, guys. Let me see. Power, right? Power. There we go. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That God wants us to receive power. Uh, Not only just walk around and do all these tricks and magic tricks or whatever. Like he wants us to make disciples of all nations. That this empowerment makes discipleship a lot easier And you're going to see supernatural things. And this message I'm talking about today is there's a lot of supernatural stuff I'm going to be talking about. The main purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that you'll receive real supernatural power. And you'll also make disciples everywhere you go. Uh, That you'll have an encounter with God so intense that you can't help but tell about Jesus to anywhere you go. Anybody that you come across, like, man, I, I, I've had this experience. God became so real to me that you get filled up with the Holy Spirit, this empowerment to let somebody know. It's the power that fueled the, the church in the early days in the book of Acts. That he poured out a spirit. There's miracles taking place. There was real fellowship. And know what they did? They planted churches They would go to these different regions and they would pray for people and they would get saved and then they would ask them if they needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They would pray for them and then shortly after that, hey, let's start a church here and let's keep it moving. Let's let's plant churches, right? Like this is empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So there's always a next step. And uh, in America, here's some statistics I found on Google. 
Uh, I love statistics. If Usually you can tell where the problem is or see that there's a need. So there's about 200,005 200, million Christians in America today. That could be changing, could be changing tonight, you know. So that statistic's kind of a ballpark out of, and this is another ballpark, there's probably some babies born today, but 328 million Americans. Um, in, in a collective of, I, I typed in Pentecostals, uh, only 10 million Pentecostals in America, 600 million Pentecostals in the world. So there's a lot more spirit-filled uh, believers in the rest of the world. But like America, just in, in the assemblies of God alone, there's only 3.5 uh, million Pentecostal spirit-filled believers just in America out of, you know, 328 million. So that's, that, that's a lot. We have a lot, long way to go. Uh, there, there's a reason for that, and I'll get into that in a second. But however, the assemblies of God, just in over in the last 100 years, has grown uh, the most fastest growing denomination, if you even want to call it a denomination, uh, in the last 100 years to 69 million in the world. So uh, being baptized in the Holy Spirit should be one of the greatest experiences of your life. It should launch you into making disciples and see God's power move. Does anybody here want to see God's power move? Do you want to see miracles in your life? Lift up your hands. If you want to see God do some miracles with your life, you want to see somebody healed, you want to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, you want to reach your neighbor, your coworkers, you want to make a difference in your family, in your city, and actually move in power and see some supernatural things happen, right? Anybody here want to re uh, receive a boldness, a confidence to be able to share your faith? Right? Like, I'm going to talk about some of these things today. And, uh, and then here's one of the things, I think, why that number is kind of low in America is the religious people. There's churches that have great programs, great bands. Uh, they don't have the anointing. I'm not trying to bash churches or anything, but uh, there, there is a heresy out there of sensationalism that believes there's no gift of the Holy Spirit, there's no tongues, there's no uh, healings, that everything that was supernatural is, like, gone away. And I see a lot of Ameri Americans coming to church. They're just standing there. They're not moving. Uh, they're critical. When you start talking about the Holy Spirit, they think you're crazy. Uh, and and I want to read the Bible, guys. Like, we just read in Scripture that God wants us to receive power. Like, that's what he wants. Like, this is for today, y'all. Like, this, we just read a prophecy from the Old Testament. This is the New Testament, and we're seeing it even today. Even after, the, like, at the end of the service, people are going to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. We're going to see people healed today. And here's the thing. People will run around. They'll chase for these revivals. They'll chase, like, oh, God ain't moving anymore because the revival in Florida hasn't happened in 30 years, and he stopped moving. God is moving, and he's going to start a revival in your heart today, and it's going to look different than whatever you saw before, prior. He's going to revive your soul. He's going to set you on fire for Jesus. You're going to see your family saved, healed, and it starts with you, and it started with a hunger for God. That's what the disciples said. Uh, Pentecost means 50. That 50 days after Easter Sunday, they, they waited in Jerusalem. They prayed together in one accord. There was a hunger for God to pour out his spirit. If you're hungry for God, God's going to move in your life, and you're going to see miracles like never before. You're going to have an experience with God. It's more than just what I read in the Bible. This is like I live what I read in the Bible. Amen? Is there anybody out there that wants this kind of power to be filled up with? And so a lot of religious people don't believe it. And then, so 
there's a catch-22 here. Like, you know, there's people that completely shut it down, and then there's people that just go overboard with it. I'm going to talk a little bit about the overboard part. Anybody else spend some places where you're like, wow, that was, a little, that was a little off. There's some extra added into that, you know? Uh, so an expert. So I feel like, um, you know, I've had encounters with God that have changed my life. Like, I'm an expert in this, I guess. And I'm also an expert in getting drunk. Like, I drank alcohol for 12 years every day. And uh, I know a little bit about both of these. And uh, um, it's awesome that I'm preaching on this topic. So Ephesians 5.18, it says, Do not be drunk with wine, because it will ruin your life. It will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I love the correlation there, because we kind of just look over that, like, oh, yeah, obviously, no drinking, drinking's bad. And by the way, if you're drinking shots at the bar, there's nothing ever productive going to happen when you're drinking shots at the bar. It's like, I'm going to take this shot, let's get to the most awkward, embarrassing part of the night, you know? Like, let's go straight to it, forget all the fellowship, forget all the laughs and the camaraderie, I'm just going right to the embarrassing part. I don't think any, I've seen anybody drink a bunch of shots at the bar and then say, hey, you know what, we're going we're gonna to build some orphanages tomorrow, you know? Like, you never hear somebody say that, like, we're going to do that. So um, I think the baptism of the Holy Spirit should be a good experience every single time. Every time. It changed my life. I wouldn't be in ministry if it wasn't for encounters with God, experiencing the real thing. And if it's not, if it's not a good experience, it's the person doing it or the, the, the environment that you're in. Uh, but there's a, there's a similarity between getting drunk and then filled with the Spirit. I've had uh, the Holy Spirit pour on me many times. And I've actually felt drunk. Like, it sounds crazy, but it's a spiritual uh, inebriation. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's the, I've done a lot of drugs and a lot of alcohol in my life. And getting filled with the Holy Spirit is by far the greatest thing I've ever experienced in my life. And the thing with alcohol is you can do it every night. You can do it every day like I did. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not just a one-time thing. It's like, up, oh, I did it. I checked it off and I'm good. You can do this every day. You can just stand before God and be like, God, fill me up with your spirit. And you just get filled up over and over and over again. It's a great thing. It's refreshing. It's reviving. It's empowering. Um, but also, uh, we've all, I don't know if anybody else, you don't have to raise your hand, maybe, if you want to, go for it. But uh, you've, you've hung out with some people at the bar that couldn't handle their alcohol. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, you have, you have anybody know, like the fight guy? Does anybody know like the fight guy? Like everybody's drunk, they're trying to have a good time, and all of a sudden he's like, what you looking at me for? Oh, I saw you looking at my girlfriend. You know, they'll start looking at you and be like, oh, man, there goes tonight, you know. Or then there's the uh, white girl wasted one that's like, oh, I can't believe you're not my real friend. And she's just loud and obnoxious, you know, making a scene, sloppy drunk. Ruins the whole vibe. In the church... Uh, we have a couple other things. We have like the dance guy, you know, the guy that's just everybody's worshiping God, and there's a guy just going in dancing, and then all of a sudden they, uh, you know, the pastor comes up and like, hey, you know, can you slow it down? I, I love the passion, but man, everybody's watching you dance. Why everybody's worshiping God? What's going on here? And then they'll be like, well, David danced in the Bible. David danced in the Bible. I'm like, he also carried a slingshot. So here, let me get you a slingshot, and you can dance, and you can do the Gangnam style, uh, full, the full, I don't even know how to do it, but you can, you can wave the slingshot, and, 
you know, have all the attention on you. And then it turns into the flag, you know, the flag. It's like, hey, everybody, forget the lyrics on the screen. Forget worshiping God. Everybody look at me. I'm dancing. Look at this triple axle, double toe loop, you know. And it's just like, man, can we worship God? Like this extra stuff. I mean, I'm going to stop with that. So, um, so it's an incredible experience, y'all. It doesn't need to have any extra. Um, so me as a young evangelist, when I was in my, I was even an evangelist, even in my addiction days, um, I always would get my friends to come to youth group. And I would always, the thing that always brought, the bait that brought my friends to youth group was like, there's shorties there, you know? Like, come, come to youth group, there's shorties. They're like, okay. And then they'd hang out at youth group and get saved, and it was good. Then I started encountering God, and God was like, wow, this is powerful. Like, this is the most incredible thing in the world. And uh, we weren't finding this supernatural empowerment at youth group. It was like these revival meetings. And um, <clears throat> so uh, revival meetings, man, God was moving in power. Like, re- I, like I experienced God in a powerful way. But then there was like re- revival lady that would show up. And, you know, I'd always try to look through like, man, hopefully she's not here. I brought a 20 people with me and all my friends are here. I want them to experience the power of God because I know if they experience the power of God, they're no longer going to desire drugs and alcohol. Like their life is going to be radically changed. And we go to these revival meetings and then all of a sudden she'd pop in and like we'd be a couple rows behind her. And, she, you know, I'm not going to make this up, y'all. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to share. This is what I saw. I'm just reporting what I saw. Oh my gosh. I don't know if y'all are ready for this. So Revival lady, um, she said three things, loud, during worship, and during the sermon. She, she yelled, hey, ho, shoo, and then she would do one of these. <laughs> and I'm like, and we're like, what, what is going on? Like, this, what, is, what is this? This is a little extra, guys. Like, and then she would come up to my friends after She'd try to pray for him, and she'd be like, you know, all over. And, like, I'm not a mean person. Like, I, I, I asked, like, hey, what's going on? What's up with that, you know? And she's like, I'm just feeling the spirit, man, you know? And because I was wondering if she had Tourette's or something or there was just some kind of thing. And like, I don't want to bash anybody that has uh, health issues. But, yeah, she was like, I'm just feeling the spirit, man. And, and then she'd pray for my friends, and she'd be, like, shaking uncontrollably. And, you know, and that's the thing, too. If you're praying for people, like, lay hands uh, they will feel the vibration. They'll feel the Holy Spirit flow through your hands. Like, you don't have to wave. I've had people wave, like, oh, we got to wave his back or, you know, blow or, you know, wind up the Hadouken. You know, like, you don't have to do anything. Like, God, like, you're a jumper cable. You just have to make a connection and God will flow through you. Like, that's, you guys are wondering why I wore my suit coat. Usually I don't wear a suit coat. I was going to, I was planning on pulling it off and, like, you know, lightsabering people after and, you know, with my, my suit coat. Like, I don't want any glory. Like, I, I'm cool with just holding your hand and letting God flow through you. Like, let God flow through you. Um, so then my friends didn't have a good time, and they're like, Andrew, you lied to me. He said, where's all these shorties at? I'm like, you heard the lady. She told him the shoe. Just holding the shoe. But here's the serious part of this, though. A couple of my friends that I actually brought that night died 
A few years later, one got in a car accident, one got in a heroin overdose. And that was their moment. That was their moment that they're experiencing hearing the gospel. And my, my heart was like, man, I just want them to encounter Jesus. I want them to encounter the Holy Spirit. I want them to be saved. And they're dead. That was their opportunity. So like, man, I, I'm all for experience. And I, I want you to experience God. I want you to have passion. I want you to be able to get it all, right? But also be mindful of like, man, somebody here could be here for the only time they'll ever be here in this church, right? So when it comes to spiritual gifts, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 40, let it be done decently in order. Uh, the book of, in the book of Acts, there's a crippled man begging for money, and Peter and John saw him, and they said, silver and gold we do not have. We don't have it. But what I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Get up and walk, and they reached down and helped them up. And as they reached down and grabbed his hand, the healing power of God flowed through their hand, and he got up, and he was healed. And everybody saw this guy that was crippled his whole life that couldn't walk, and they see him skipping and dancing. I'm like, wow, is that, this, that, that guy was crippled his whole life? What happened? Like the, this powerful thing should be something that everybody wants to be a part of. Actually, 5,000 people got saved that day. 5,000 people got saved. I remember getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. Amazing. My, my worship experience in height and uh heightened. Uh, I could sense the presence of God on a whole nother level. I could feel this heat sensation, this fire. It's so good. The second point, if you want to write this down, the Holy Spirit gives you boldness. I see people all the time like, I don't know how to deal with my insecurity. I don't know how to be, uh, I don't know how to share my faith. I don't know how to uh, tell people about Jesus or just security like there's no boldness and when I talk about boldness too you automatically probably just thought about the street preacher on the corner holding up the sign that bold you know the the, the warrior on Facebook that's like writing these long paragraphs bashing people and you know that's probably what you thought like wow that was pretty bold but I, I like to look at boldness as like assurance it's like a, a courage it's like a, a confidence it's like man I've been with Jesus like I know what I'm talking about this isn't just something I read in a book like this is something I live this is something I experience and this is what happened in their life uh, man I, I was a very shy introverted kid I didn't this was never gonna happen like me speaking in front of people was not gonna happen but the Holy Spirit has given me boldness and confidence and and not only to speak in this settings, but man, like just in the Binghamton area, I've, I've shared my story at Binghamton University multiple times a year. I still get invited back multiple times a year uh, to share my story to people uh, in college when I was the one that was getting kicked out of high school that probably shouldn't have even graduated speaking in a university, and I walk in there like I, I've been teaching for years, this supernatural confidence, this boldness. Uh, I've shared my, my story in front of mayors and from Broome County executives and the United States Senate and uh, many other places, preached at different locations, shared the gospel with people at work naturally. And that's the thing too, like this is naturally supernatural. Like the, what we're doing here in church, if you can't put this out there in Wegmans, like what are we doing in church, you know? 
Like I see Peter and, and, and John, they just, they just lifted him up. Like, hey, be healed in Jesus' name. Right? They just allowed God to flow in. It's just naturally supernatural. And here's what Jesus does. This is what the Holy Spirit does in your life. Acts chapter 4, 29 through 31. It says, Now the Lord, hearing their threats, and gives us your servant great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hands with healing power. Right? He's going to give you healing power, y'all. Stretch out your hands with healing power. Many miraculous signs and wonders be done through your name, holy servant Jesus. And after this prayer, the meeting place shook. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they preached the word with boldness. There's a boldness that came. These are the disciples that hid from the the Romans because they seen their Savior being crucified on the cross. Now they get this empowerment to preach the word. And they're standing in front of the middle of Jerusalem preaching the word. And even on that day, 3,000 people got saved. So you'll receive a confidence about you. You'll receive like this, I've had an encounter. It's one thing to, uh, so so like I coach and like I've played baseball, right? Um, It's one thing knowing how to play baseball or I've watched baseball or I've actually played baseball. And now you can tell people about baseball from experience. It's a boldness and it's natural. It's natural. Final thing, and we could have the team come back. And this is the part where people get off they get off the ship right here, especially in America. Overseas, in every other country, this is like nothing because they already know about the supernatural. We live in such a materialistic world, a physical, naturalistic world here in America. Um, even, even a lot of churches don't even believe in this. A lot of churches uh, won't even talk about this because they don't know how to handle it. They serve the Father, Son, and the Holy Bible. They forget about the Holy Spirit. They're like, ah, I don't know how to handle him. We'll just not talk about this part in Scripture. And that's what I love about Two Rivers. Even if it's a difficult thing to talk about, we preach it. We preach it. The whole, the whole gospel, right? So they, if you want to write this on your, uh, your notes, they spoke in tongues. They spoke in tongues. And let me just break this down for you. Uh, our bodies, we have a, a mind, right? We have a mind. We have the physical body, and we have spirit. Right? You've heard that before? So, right now I'm going to pray for you uh, physically. Lord God, I pray you bless them right now in Jesus' name. I pray that you fill them with your Holy Spirit. That was a natural, in English, prayer. Now I'm going to pray for you with my mind. You couldn't hear it, but I, I could pray it with my mind. You ever pray for people without opening up your mouth? And then there's praying for people in the spirit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak in tongues. And this is awesome because I know you're probably like, what the heck just happened there? Uh, when they got baptized in the Holy Spirit, how they knew they got baptized in the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues. And, and a good way to understand this too, man, I was like, man, I was going to these church services and people are speaking in tongues and they're just like, nobody explained anything to me. They're just like, it's just what happens and you just got to deal with it. I know it's weird. And nobody explained it. And I'm like, I started doing some research and thank God for science, right? They did a research in uh, University of Pennsylvania 
and they hooked up probes to brains of people uh, speaking in tongues, and what they discovered is that the language part of the, the frontal lobe of your brain isn't even being used to speak, to speak in tongues. It's like, they don't know, it's, like an un, it's, not the, it's not the speaking part of the brain. They also discovered that it's not like somebody's in a trance, there's consciousness, like it's a conscious thing, you're not like in some weird trance, and it's like, it's like unexplainable pretty much, but they, they did discover that it's not coming from the, uh, the part of the brain that you, you command speech or anything like that. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, the book of Acts, and I'll just, you know, you think I'm just making us up. Book of Acts, chapter 19, verse 1, says, When Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the, the interior regions and reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked them. This is an interesting thing because there's a lot of Christians out there that are saved. And that's amazing. And, and the, here's the thing. When you get saved, you receive the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one shot. I like to look at it like you drink the, the bottle of water, you receive God, you receive salvation, all in one shot. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is like not only do you drink the bottle, but you jump off into the ocean, right? If, if we're going to fight fires... We're going to fight the gates of hell. We're going to uh, do spiritual things. Uh, I don't want to just come out there with a, a little uh, fire extinguisher. I want the whole fire truck. I want a, f- a fleet of fire trucks. Like, I want, I want the ocean worth. And that's what God does. He pours out his spirit upon you to empower you to make a difference in this world. And he asked them, he's like, when you, uh, so, the, so this is the response to it. Um, <clears throat> no. We haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. There's a lot of people in America right now, even watching online, you've probably never heard any of this ever. Nobody had the courage to tell you what the Word says. And this is, this is the Bible telling you, like, there is a second baptism. They haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. But verse 3 says, then what baptism did you experience, he asked. They said the baptism of John, John the Baptist, water baptism. They were baptized with water. But God also wants to baptize you with fire. And I know fire, man, fire can't be quenched. Fire spreads. Fire gives us passion. And that's another thing I hear too. Like a lot of people that hate on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, like, oh, that's just a passionate preacher. Man, when I first started preaching, I used to yell. I got like, to make sure everybody knows that I'm spirit-filled. I got to shout and yell and, and, and raise my voice and you know, Pastor Will remembers my early sermons, right? Man, let's go for Pastor Will, too, man. I love Pastor Will. Thank you for letting me share today. <clears throat> but I just talk, and God flows through me. And I know right now you're feeling the presence of the Holy Spirit. I don't have to do anything to get glory. I don't have to shout. I don't have to scream. I don't have to do anything weird. And God's going to rock you right in your seats right now and online and in Corning and Cortland and Binghamton. God is working on you right now. So John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. Jesus was the one, and Jesus is the one who baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. I feel like many of the Christians haven't heard of the baptism of the Holy Spirit because verse 5 says, as soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and Paul laid his hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues 
and prophesied. That they spoke in tongues, and there's five different instances in the Bible where they spoke in tongues. And uh, it's an interesting thing, too, because there's uh, Simon the sorcerer in the book of Acts. I believe it's in chapter 8. And, like, he's doing all these magic tricks, and he's getting all this money. And then he sees the disciples. He's like, I want that. That's real. Like, what they're operating in, that's real. I want that. And that's what it should be. I think people around you should want what you have. They should also be able to experience power through your life because of God. And and I'm going to say a final prayer here in a second. And this is what it comes down to. Ask. Took me probably 15 times to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm like, God, what's wrong with me? Why aren't I getting baptized? Is it is it me or is it you? I don't know. And like it took 15 times to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. But when it did, man, I felt this heat, I felt this fire go all up over me. I started these syllables started coming in my my language. I started speaking basic syllables. Another thing about tongues, too, is it helps your mental health. Studies have shown that it's actually more beneficial than doing uh, meditation, right? That's pretty amazing. Like stress, really? Anybody deal with stress? Anybody deal with mental problems, right? Speak in tongues, man. It'll it'll help relieve all that crap out of you. They they, they spoke in tongues and prophesied. You're going to prophesy over people. God's going to reveal things to you supernaturally. These people aren't going to be running to, you know, the witch doctor or the psychics or the astrology or other false religions, they're going to run to you because they're like, wow, this person hears from God. This person operates in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I've had many people speak over my life that I've called to preach the gospel. Prophetic words. I wouldn't be up here today if I didn't get a prophetic word over my life to preach. So you ask... You receive it. Man, just open up your hands. Like in a few minutes, we're going to do this, but you open up your hands, you just receive it. It's a free gift. And it's a branding thing too. Like I love how Pastor Will shares this. If I was going to give somebody a hundred bucks right now, you know, that's a good gift, right? This is a 20, by the way. I wish I had a hundred bucks. But uh, if I were to give somebody 20 or a hundred bucks right now and you could just give it to them, like, wow, that's a great gift. What the church has done in America, particularly, have bashed people in the head with a $100 gift. And like, wow, did you have to do that extra part? Like, couldn't you just give me the gift? Like, just give it to me? I don't know if this is making sense. But you just receive it. God is a God that gives good gifts. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Have you asked for it? And here's another thing, too. We're going to pray tonight. Some of y'all are going to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Some of you online are going to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. People in Corning, Cortland, Binghamton are going to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's right now, like in a few minutes. And then there's some people that it's going to be like this week. Or maybe the next time around. Maybe at prayer one next week. I don't know. I can't time it. I wish I could just snap my finger and somebody receives it. I know Pastor John, it was a couple days later, and he was at home, started speaking in tongues at home. But man, it's, an, it's great. And then the final thing is give. <clears throat> you give it. 
You give what you receive. I see too many Christians that have received such a beautiful gift and they keep it to themselves. They keep it to themselves. I know there's a lot of people out there that need physical healing. And we've been seeing miracles. We've been seeing people's lives healed. I've prayed, like when you get filled up with the Holy Spirit, and I've prayed for drug addicts that were withdrawing on heroin and God would just meet them right there and all of a sudden they would fall asleep. They'd have so much peace in their life and everything that was holding them down was lifted off. I've prayed for people, even recently with a sciatic back, like, uh, uh, what are they called? The ones with the curved back, oh my gosh, I'm just going blank on it. Scoliosis, boom, healed. They felt the heat going through their back, right? God is healing people. He can heal you. He wants to use you to do supernatural things. And if this is Jesus' final words before he ascended into heaven, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Like that's his plan to reach the whole world is using you and you being available for God to pour out power within you to make a difference in the world. That's his plan. Right? That's a very important last words, right? Like, that's some last words right there. So, I'm going to pray a prayer. Lord God, I thank you for every single person here. And feel, like, feel free to slip your hands to your side. Lord God, I pray that today uh, they encounter you today, that this is more than just a nice motivational talk. This is more than just uh, emotionalism. This is an encounter with the living God. And Lord, you, you, you plan for us to be your disciples that we're going to reach and impact this whole world. Billions of people, God, I pray that right now that we can uh, encounter you in such a way that not only gives us the power to live our lives out, but to make a difference in our neighbors' lives and our coworkers' lives and our our communities, Lord. God, I pray that you raise up leaders. I pray that miracles flow out of our hands like, like natural, like more, more uh, frequent than even going to the doctor, God. I pray that you raise up leaders. I pray that you raise up pastors. I pray that you just pour out your spirit upon all flesh, just like you prophesied 800 years before Christ walked on the earth. You desire to do this. You desire us to be a church that is empowered to make a difference. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.